Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. And this is Kim with Black Free Thinkers. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Again, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. It's important that you know that, to understand that we are encouraging you to use critical thinking skills, to think outside the box, you know, to live outside the box. You know, you don't have to be what people tell you you should be or who you should be or how you should be. You know, you should never allow anyone to tell you what to think and how to think. I just want you to think. At the end of the day, that's all I want from you. So, hey, how's everybody doing? I just wanted to make sure that um, I did a show, you know, before next week. Next week I got some things going on. I know I won't be feeling well next Sunday after dealing with what I'm going to be dealing with this week. So it will not be a show this Sunday coming. But the show the week after that, I will be talking about neoliberalism and how um, black people, black, brown, red, yellow people, how we've been um, complicit with it. But I'll also talk about white people creating neoliberalism and how it benefits them, and it benefits them greatly. And you know, there's going to be a lot of different things. You know, there's some nuance in there. Sometimes I do nuance. I don't really like to do nuance, but, you know, sometimes I catch myself doing nuance when I'm trying to not do nuance. So it is what it is. So we talk about a lot of things on the show. Today's show is white people whiting and going in circles. So please join us Sunday today as we discuss the great catastocracy taking place in America. So I put specific memes up with the show, and basically it gives you the definition of cacistocracy, which is basically incompetent, you know, people running the state or the government, you know, horrible people, crude people, unqualified, you know, um, less than qualified, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, what is happening. But what I do want to make sure that you understand is that this did not begin with Trump. This has been happening for a long time. This did not begin with Trump, and this will not end with Trump. So, you know, we'll get into more of that a little bit later, but here's the rest of it. This is what's happening to white people in America. Many of them are trying to figure out what's happened and how did they get to this point in their lives, and I'm here to tell you that you did it to yourselves. You created this reality that is crushing you and causing you great sorrows. So if you want to call into the show today, 310-982-4273. Again, that's 310-982-4273. If you want to talk to me, press 1 to talk. So I guess let's get into this. You know, let's get into this today. Um, there are some things that I definitely wanted to talk about. Oh, I forgot to give you the George Clinton quote. For the dog that chases its tail will be dizzy. And this is something that we're seeing happening with white people in this country, not even most recently. This has always been happening. This has been happening since the very beginning, since the founding of this country. And I'm not a historian. I'm not a subject matter expert on any of this. But, you know, you get to sit back and you get to watch. Like I said, history repeats itself. It's just different names. It may be a different location or what have you, but it's the same shit happening over and over again. And, again, these people have studied us 
all the way down to our toenails. So they know exactly how we're going to respond, how we're going to react. And part of that reason is because they've trained us to react and respond in those ways. Now, if you go back and you look at the um, documentary about Malcolm X that's on Netflix right now, one of those former or retired police officers said that, that basically black and brown people were trained on how to respond to certain things. And this has been happening for a while. Again, you know, there's a lot of psychology behind a lot of these things. And I just really want you guys to think about these things and to go back and do your research and, you know, look at these things with a critical eye. And, you know, again, there's a lot of people out there, you know, you may or may not agree with me. And, and you know what? I'm okay with that. I don't expect you to always agree with me. And sometimes, you know, I'm I'm just kind of fanning the flames and just putting some shit out there just to see what the reaction will be. You know, that is my job. And as I've stated before, yes, I, cri- I critique, criticize white people all the time. That is my job. And if that causes you discomfort, good. That is the purpose of this podcast. And it's even here, you know, I'm, I'm also trying to cause discomfort to black, brown, and red, yellow people as well. You know, because, again, we need you to think. We need you to go back and read this history and understand the history because in order for you to really understand what's happening now, you need to understand and know that this has happened before. And this is what happened. And so these cycles repeat. And I talk, you know, I bring this up, you know, we've been doing this show since 2011. And, you know, I've put a lot of material out there, have, you know, my notebooks, I call them the holy grails, just filled with stuff that I want to talk about and different projects that I want to do. And so there are some people, you know, you may think that I've been ignoring you for the last week or two. I haven't. I've had to really put some things in order, but, um, you know, I've been home for the most part because I kind of made myself stay in the house and not go out because I cannot afford to get a cold or the flu because I need to have the surgery. And so, you know, I've been having some complications from all of this. And so, you know, I'm just trying to get through, um, have the surgery. I'll be in a hospital for a few days. And then once I'm released from the hospital, come on home. But I'm, I pretty much know that I'm not going to feel like doing a show next Sunday. So I just wanted to make sure I gave you guys a heads up so that you will know what's happening. So, all right, let's get to it. Before I get started on, you know, this subject matter, on this topic that I chose for today, I wanted to acknowledge a loss in the black secular community. And a young man by the name of Ishmael Brown, um, he lost his life. He he passed on um, most recently. And I definitely wanted to send my condolences to his family and his friends and, you know, those in the community that may have known him or known of him. And I'm just really sorry that, you know, this happened to the young man and, you know, I usually say something and I just kind of leave it at that, but I went over to their Twitter account 
and they posted the funeral information. So I'm just going to read the announcements to you so that those of you that are in the Providence, Rhode Island area or those who planned on traveling to attend this service is going to take place Saturday, March 7th at 11 a.m., you know, his memorial service, and it's going to take place at Providence Assembly of God, 353 Elmwood Avenue, Providence, Rhode Island. Again, that's Providence Assembly of God, 353 Elmwood Avenue, Providence, Rhode Island. And the repast will immediately follow downstairs in the fellowship hall. Now, mind you, this young man was um, a member of the secular community. I'm not sure if he identified as agnostic or atheist or humanist or free thinker or what have you, but it really doesn't matter. We lost a young man. He was only 41 years of age, and it was due to, you know, basically malfeasance from the medical, you know, um, industry, from, you know, from the doctors and the hospital, and also issues with the insurance. Now, you know, I've brought some things up on this show. You all know that I've been struggling with my health for a little while now. You know, when I finally was able to convince them what was wrong with me because I had done all the research. And I talk about things and I put ideas and put information out there so that I I hope that it's helping someone because, you know, some of the things I knew, some of the other things I didn't know, and had I known them, it would have made my life a lot easier. So from what I understand, you know, there was issues with the health insurance. People, let me tell you this. When you sign on to these jobs and they hire you, they give you the short-term disability. There's also an option for the long-term disability. Most people forego that. They totally ignore it, and I've heard people making excuses, oh, I can't afford it. It's 25 bucks a month, you know, or it may be a little bit more, 50 bucks a month, but they take it out of your paychecks. You waste more. You waste food that costs more money than that. Opt for the long-term disability, and then read, you know, read the information that comes along with that. That long-term disability, you know, could could possibly give you a portion of your salary as you are out of the office or off the job for a prolonged period of time. So you apply for the short-term disability, and then you let it roll over into the long-term disability if you opted to have it. I'm telling you, you want to get the long-term disability. You know, it will really help you. In addition to that, you need to find out about FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, and how you can utilize those FMLA benefits. You know, and and once you enact FMLA, you know, it makes it really hard for the company to terminate you, especially if you're ill. And with most companies, they have an EAP program, right, Employee Assistance Program. You want to be informed on that as well and utilize that. Call that number and talk to the people and to get some advice. Talk to your doctors about, you know, your medical situation to see if you need to go on short-term disability, long-term disability. You want to get the FMLA, have your doctor write a letter for the FMLA so that if you need to take days off from work, especially if you're being constantly hospitalized, 
that you'll be covered. And in the event they decide to terminate you anyway, it is at that time that I would, you know, you know, suggest that you look into a wrongful termination lawsuit or EEOC complaint, which will turn over into a lawsuit. And, you know, they may bring you back, but then you want to make sure you keep an eye out for retaliation and you document the situations. But, you know, I'm saying all of that to say this is that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to give you information so that you can cover yourself. In addition to that, and I know people are like, Kim, this stuff, you know, you, you know, the long-term cost of money is 25 bucks a month, 25 to 50. It just really depends. And then with many companies, you have different options, you know, probably 50% of your salary, you know, for the long-term disability, you'll get 50% of that while you're on the men there, or it can be 60% or what have you. You have to read that contract and pick whatever option is best for you. And with some companies, they're offering the AFLAC. If your company is not offering the AFLAC, you may want to just call in and, and, and get some information about AFLAC. Yes, Kim, I know, you know, it costs money. I understand. But I'm trying to just share some information with you that helped me, you know, and, and it helped pull me out of a trick bag. And so I just don't want you guys to just be out there and not know these things. So I would just tell you to go and speak with someone um, that's a little bit more knowledgeable, maybe your doctor or your nurse, and ask them about these things. But for the AFLAC, you know, call your human resource department and find out if the company has AFLAC benefits, if they have a contract with them. And then also ask about the long-term disability, you know, and the options that you have. And they take it directly out of your, you know, your check. You know, we've all gone out to a restaurant and ordered a meal and didn't really eat it, brought it home saying we were going to eat it the next day, and then two months later, it's like an alien life form in the back of your refrigerator, and you're trying to figure out why your refrigerator stinks. It was that $30 meal that you just bought, that well, that you bought and didn't eat. So, yes, you can afford that, you know, $25 to $50, and I'm not trying to tell anybody how to spend their money. I don't do that. I'm not into that. You guys know better. But what I'm trying to do is relay some information that I believe will help you to cover yourself, but also cover your bills. A lot of this information, you know, people don't know. And, of course, you know, many of these jobs aren't going to sit down and tell you about it. And the human resource people, they're overworked and overtaxed. So, Oh, you do. They don't have time to tell you. And the truth of the matter, for those of you that believe in human resources and think that they're your friend, no, they're not. Human resources is there to protect management and the company. And you need to understand that going out the gate. So anyway, I said all of that to say, you know, again, you know, I, you know, I feel for this family, and I'm so sorry that they're going through this. So, again, Ishmael Brown, my dear, you know, sorry I never got a chance to meet you or talk to you or anything like that. And, you know, may your family and your friends find some peace, you know, in these moments. So I just wanted to acknowledge that, acknowledge that death, and, you know, also his funeral is at a church. There are some people out here that have issues with that, but they have absolutely nothing to offer you as an alternative. 
Don't let that don't let that upset you. Don't let it upset you at all. Ishmael's family had to do what they thought was best for Ishmael. Okay? Now, some of you are probably upset it's in the church because his family knew whatever. Look, I believe that at this time we should just look at the fact that we should celebrate Ishmael and celebrate what he brought to the community, what he shared with people, and 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 just appreciate the person. The fact that it's have that the funeral is happening in a church, that means nothing. It's just it's it's a it's a building. It's a building that can hold people that can come in and pay their last respects. So I'm not sure if the family wants you all to send flowers or you know, um, make a donation. You may want to reach out to, you know, Ishmael's crew. You know, I guess that would be Flo and a few other folks. So, you know, you may want to reach out and find out what you can do. So there's that. And, again, I am so sorry for your loss. All right. So now that we've talked about that and since I've brought up the church, you know, you know, I, I need to respond to some of my critics. You know, because, again, you know, some of you all have problems with the fact that I'm not anti-black church, that I'm not anti-black Christian, that I'm not anti-black Muslim. Now, I need for you to listen to me. I need for you to listen to me closely. When you hear me talking about the black church, I'm not talking about the Bible, and I'm not talking about the scriptures. I know how to delineate those things right there. You have to know how to separate them. And there are reasons why, you know, I'm not saying that I'm pro-Bible, pro-Scriptures, because it has been mistranslated, you know, it's been used to manipulate and exploit people. And again, you know, basically, you know, many of us see that as mythology and stolen mythology at that. But I'm not here to argue that point. But I'm here to say that I am not anti-black church. I am not anti-black Christian. I am not anti-black Muslim. You know, I'm anti-bullshit. I'm anti-manipulation. And I'm anti-exploitation. And that happens in all of these communities, even the secular community, especially the secular community. Why? Because they know better. And so, you know, saying that, yes, I am anti-white church. Yes, I am anti-white Christian. Yes, I am anti-white Christian nationalism. Because all of that has been, you know, the foundation of all of that is racism. And, you know, for those of you who are like white Christian nationalism, yeah, that's the thing. That is what's happening right now. You see, I mean, it's been happening all along. You know, because if you go all the way back and you look at focus on the family and the, the the moral majority and all of those things that took place that propelled the church. Um, basically, you know, you have people thinking that those particular groups popped up because, you know, they were against gay marriage or they were against abortion or, you know, those types of things. no. Those things, those groups popped up because they were anti-black children going to school with white children. 
And with this white Christian nationalism that you see happening in this country, just pay attention to all the people that are surrounding Donald Trump, you know, the orange or the cheddar tater type. It's important that you all pay attention and that you understand, you know, the terminology and understand where it's coming from. You know, so, you know, white Christian nationality is nothing but good old-fashioned racism done in public with scriptures to justify their fuckery. The white church has always been an abomination. You know, they were the ones that would allow, you know, allow the Klan to nail flyers on the church door announcing that they're that they're having meetings and that they were coming after the black people in the town. The best one, you know, one of the best um examples of that was Wilmington, North Carolina. You know, the prosperous, you know, um town which was primarily being run by black people. And basically they um went around in the past was leading some of these, you know, white mobs. And and taking them to the houses and the apartments of the black members of the church because, you know, they knew where everybody lived. And the pastor would sit out there and say, well, I know you're home. Come on outside and, you know, leading the posse. And these people were being slaughtered. You know, they said that the, the little river that was there, it ran red. They were killing so many people. Even to this day, they are still finding deeds to property that white people stole and took and claimed it as their own because they were upset at the prosperity that black people, you know, were experiencing in that town. You know, positions of leadership, all of that. Go back and, and read that. I mean, you still had Tulsa, you had Rosewood, you had all of that. So many examples out there, you know, examples in a city near you. And so that's what I'm talking about with the white Christian nationality. And it's not just that, you know, again, it's a more nuanced conversation. There are more factors to that. You know, I'm just trying to, <laughs> you know, get it done and talk about this within a certain time frame because it's a lot that I want to talk about today. But, you know, I know there are some black people out here that don't want to admit that the white church has been the source of, you know, most of the problems in this country, but it's true. And what happens is, you know, too many of these black people in these black churches model themselves after these white folks and continue to perpetuate white supremacy, a white supremacy that they don't understand and then don't understand when things go horribly wrong. The black church is, you know, and I just want to make sure that I'm really clear on this, the black church is and has been an impediment to black liberation. I've stated that on a number of occasions, right? And, and you know, that's, you know, a conversation, and I'm going to have to bring someone on so that um, we can talk about that. There are some books out there. And if I remember, I'll post some information about that a little later with some book links in it, some books that I would recommend that you read to kind of get a better understanding of what was happening there. You know, but I won't deny that the black church has been an obstacle for, you know, any of these social movements to, you know, keep traction and even to gain traction in some respects. And again, you know, I had started talking about this a couple of shows ago, and I was talking about how the black church picked up the mantle of Martin Luther King Jr. 
and how the civil rights movement, the black power movement, those were people's movements. I used to say it was a secular movement. I was corrected. It was a people's movement, and I'm fine with that. And the black church picked up that mantle but didn't know what to do with it because it never belonged to them in the first place. And if you pay attention and you look at these different social movements, black movements that have happened, you know, in this country, they were always started, maintained, and funded by the people, not the black church. Now, the black church would allow some of them to come in and have meetings because, again, you know, we see too many black people congregating around, you know, rest assured, somebody is going to come up and say something, whether they have on a uniform or they have on a suit. Someone is going to say something. So, you know, some of these churches, some of these black churches allow these, you know, activists and organizers to meet there to plan, you know, these these protests, to plan the rallies and, 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 and meet with each other to strategize and, you know, put together tactics, you know, but there were some black churches that were not having any of that. They did, they wanted no part of it. As a matter of fact, there's a church in Chicago that whose front um, door used to face this one street, and they renamed the street Martin Luther King Drive, and he bricked up that door so that he would not have to face MLK Drive in Chicago, or King Drive, as we call it. So, and it wasn't just Chicago. This was happening. There were some black preachers and ministers that absolutely hated MLK. They hated the civil rights movement. They hated the black power movement. And they especially hated the black feminism movement, you know, or the black feminist movement. And, um, you know, it's, it's important that we talk about these things. So, you know, I'm going to move forward on all of this. But all of these movements, have been people's movement that have been, you know, outside of the structural black church. And for you black Christians and and you black Muslims out there, I need for you all to ask yourselves why. I mean, even with the black secular folks out there, ask yourself why. If you have not thought about this, why not? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, and so huh. <laughs> so I just want you to think about it and get back to me. You know, I'm, I'm going to do a show, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth. But, it, you know, what I want to say is just because I'm not anti-black Christian or black church or black Muslim doesn't mean that I don't see you as problematic, there are, there are things that, you know, different ways and things that you are extremely problematic. But in some cases, you don't even, some of you don't understand what you're doing and what you're saying or why you're doing some of the things that you're doing and why you're saying some of the things that you're saying. Now, you know, I'm not here to tell you what your truth should be. I'm not here to tell you who you should and should not follow. None of that. I'm only here to challenge your thoughts and your actions. And if you continue on, then so be it. But I want you to think about these things. Because we get so caught up in tradition and repetition and and basically to a certain degree, you know, succumbing to peer pressure. 
you know, in the black community, you know, they don't ask you if you go to church. They ask you what church you attend. You know, I had this <laughs> this one woman, you know, who asked me, she says, oh, you know, whose church do you attend? And I said, nobody's. And, you know, there was a few of them around. And, and she was like, oh, well, you know, I invite you to my church, blah, 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 over there on blah, blah, blah street. And, you know, me being me, I'm rather polite. And I said, well, thank you very kindly for the invitation, but I must decline. And, child, you would have thought <laughs> just the response. And I sat there, and I was just absolutely dumbfounded. And I'm like, wow, what a way to represent Christ. And she stopped because she was stunned, and she apologized. And her friends were looking. And and one of them made the comment, yeah, I see why you don't go to church. You know, and they were also Christians. And so it's, you know, there's a history there with me, and I'm not really going to go into all of that. But, um, yeah, I want you to think about these things, and I want you to get, it, get back to me. But, yeah, I want to make sure that I'm making myself very clear I don't want people out here getting shit twisted. And so I'm thinking that maybe I need to make myself even clearer on this subject because a few of you have it twisted. But you know what? Some of you, you're twisting it on purpose. You know you know how you have those people that like to take your words and misconstrue them? You have them out there. I get that. You know, it happens to me often. You know, they turn around and they gaslight you. And um, it's it's just interesting. You know, things like that used to wear on me, but not so much anymore. So, you know, and I also want to make sure that I make myself clear about this as well. I'm not on that tofu dashiki madness either. So those of you out there, please put an asterisk next to this announcement in your notes. You know, and I'm sitting here and I'm watching you know, some of these black pastors and ministers, you know, praying over the cheddar tater tot. And, you know, you have others taking Bloomberg's money. You know, all I have to say is that you've lost your damn mind, right? And, you know, I talked about these black pastors and ministers taking Bloomberg's money and not passing it down to the people in the church. And, you know, and I, I made a reference to something in the Bible about how the anointing starts at your head and it's supposed to travel down, you know, basically to the hem of the garment or to the feet, right? And, you know, and I would consider that anointing, some of those blessings or what have you, you know, why aren't they sharing this with you? And I'm not talking about Bloomberg's money specifically. I'm talking about the money that they're getting in from, you know, their their international ministries for their outreach in these other countries. They have really gone over to Africa and done Africa a job. And I need you guys to do some research on that and find out and see what's happening and how the people in Africa are being manipulated and exploited. In the name of Jesus. And it's wrong. And here in America, you know, you have these pastors and these preachers complaining because, you know, people are leaving the church in droves. 
And what's interesting is you have people in the secular community, you know, who, who, you know, have all of these ideas, right? And, and, you know, initially with myself, we were trying to, to create a soft place to land for, you know, the people who were interested in secularism, whatever fashion or form. And, you know, again, you have different personalities, different personality types, strong personalities, and, and, you know, people aren't getting along. But what I find interesting, you know, when you have some people out here who are saying, well, why can't you all just work together? We don't understand. You know, it's for the people. We can achieve so much if we work together. And then you try to gaslight me and then emotionally or attempt to emotionally, emotionally manipulate me. And when it doesn't work, you get angry. It's just, you know, I laugh because, you know, when you're a creative visionary, and you put these types of things together, there will always be people on the outside who think that they can do a better job. And you know what? They probably can. But when you step aside and you're like, go ahead, and they fail miserably, now what? Haven't been able to duplicate what I put out there. That's for those of you who were questioning what was really going on and what was really happening. So anyway, I'm going to leave that alone, but I'll tell some of you that you've lost your damn mind, you know. And in regards to the Cheddar Tater Tot and what's happening with his presidency, you know, what I find interesting is, you know, um, (laughs) the way that he's challenging these different institutions in this country, I absolutely find it fascinating. You know, um, should he have been impeached? Yes. Should he have been removed from office? Well, you know, me, I want to say yes. But I knew it wasn't going to happen. And so now, sitting here and watching these rich white people twist in the wind, not understanding how they've lost total fucking control. You've never had control. You were bought and paid for, just like some of these black ministers and pastors that are out here taking Trump's and Bloomberg's money, because Trump is paying them too. Don't be fooled. And so, <laughs> oh, you know, um, you know this, this orange cheddar tater tots, presidency has given me a lot to think about. You know, it's like watching a social experiment, especially with him going after, you know, the intelligence departments. Watching that has been quite interesting, sometimes is amusing and entertaining. But It's not as though black and brown people have ever had any real power in this country. And even when you achieve that, achieve some power and money, 
the system, the people that run the system, will always make sure to remind you that you are black or brown and you have what you have because they allowed you to have it. And just as easily as they gave it to you, they can take it away. So I want you to think about that, especially those of you out here, you know, dealing with these, you know, white folks that you don't know or you think you know or you acting like you know because they gave you a check. They put a few dollars in your pocket. But, baby, you had to sing and dance for that money. You know, and it's not even a lot of money. Just a cheap trick. And I've talked about that. But what do I know? A little black girl from the south side of Chicago. So, yes, you know, cacophocracy. That's why, you know, because I had been planning on doing this show for a while. And that's why I was using the hashtag vote for the worst 2024. And, you know, you know, being a little sarcastic with the be best in the superlative year and all of that, I was leading up to this particular show. And also, I want to make sure that people understand, just because I may retweet something that you put out there, that does not mean that I agree with the comment that I retweeted. Please keep that in mind. Sometimes I retweet shit like, I can't believe you said that shit. So, you know, I've talked about moving on from that. But, yeah, vote for the worst, 2024, go Kanye. So, yeah, we're black free thinkers, but we are not the Kanye and Candace Owens kind. I want to make sure that you guys know that and you understand that. If you've been around here long enough and you've listened to enough of these shows, you know better, right? And so, you know, sometimes when I give these talks, which are very rare, and Let me make this clear. I do not like giving talks or attending events that are 90, 95% white, and especially if it's older white people, because I'm not a minstrel. I'm not your entertainment, and I'm not the help. And you know what's happening out here? And for some of you, you use this show, or if you've seen me talk, and and try to say that you've done your part and that you have a better understanding of racism because of what I've stated or talked about or other people have talked about. No, you do not. You will not understand it until you've experienced it. I used to say... I wish that I could turn white people black for a year. And Travis and Tana used to say that I was being mean because they couldn't make it after a week. So, you know, that whole thing is interesting. But, um, you know, you black and brown people that are out here and you give these talks and, you know, some of you are caping for these white people. I'm telling you, do not let them use you as a shield, because many of them will. Oh, we had so-and-so in and blah, blah, blah. 
knowing you didn't give no damn about who they are or what they talked about. You didn't understand it. You had no plans to go and look the shit up, you know, and, and, and then some of you asked some of the most idiotic questions. You know, what's it like to be a black atheist? Well, what the fuck is it like to be a white one? Raina put together an FAQ about black atheists. You may want to go and do a Google search. Um, the name of her blog was Road to Reality, R-H-O-A-D-E-S, to reality. And speaking of reality, you know, with some of you people out there, and this is just across the board, Perception is not always reality, and I need for you to keep that in mind. And so sometimes when I do talks, you know, there are certain, um, you know, um, intros that I like to put in there. And so, you know, I, I really did enjoy the Harry Potter series, right? And so when Dumbledore was talking to Harry Potter you know, he would say that there, you know, these are dark and perilous times, and and basically, you know, you know, there comes a time or many a time in our lives when we have to choose between what's right and what's easy, right? And so I talked about, you know, um, how there's, you know, black people being recruited by the Cheddar Tater Tot as well as Bloomberg. And and given they're being given money to go out into the black communities to re, you know, to canvas and recruit black people and convince them to vote for Bloomberg or Trump, right? And you know, I talked about how you know in many cases we've been taught to secure the bag, you know, you know. And I've been reading up on some of these stories, some of the people that are taking the money. And they're going out there and, you know, they'll talk to someone and about Trump or Bloomberg and the black person would be like, I'm not voting for them. And then the other black person would be like, well, neither am I, but I had to come by here. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and do what they're paying me to do. And so, um, you know, that whole thing is like really interesting, you know, that whole dichotomy there. And, and how this is, you know, taking place. But, you know, again, you know, you have systemic racism, poverty, raising a family, having goals, you know, and, and, and you need money. You just need money to live. When you have eyes looking up at you and saying, mommy, daddy, auntie, whoever, I'm hungry. And you have to feed those children, and in some cases, other adults. You know, sometimes you have to make some really hard and difficult decisions. And as I stated on the last show, you know, they've created this situation for us. The systemic racism and the wealth inequality, the poverty, you know, the 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 high cost of raising a family. They've created this situation for us. So they've kind of they created the situation, put us in a trick bag, and they know we need the money. And then you take the money, and then you're being criticized for taking the money. It's like, damn, can you get a break? 
So I get it, you know, and what I'm saying is that at one point in time, you know, there were some things that were black and white, and sometimes that black and white turns into a shade of gray, you know, and even with that shade, you know, even with the gray, there are gradients of that gray. So it's like there are levels to the deceit, the theft, the opportunism, the pure foolishness. At least sometimes that's how you have to explain it to yourself, right? You know, and that's not a criticism to anyone that's out here trying to feed their family and do what they need to do. It's not a criticism at all because I understand. But what I want you to do is to just think about it. Don't think about it too much, but think about it, and then maybe table it and come back to it a little bit later. You know, and so when I'm talking about the levels to the deceit and the theft and the opportunism and the pure foolishness, I'm talking about how white people exploit us. So I wanted to make sure I clarified that. And I need for you to think about it and understand who these people are. And even some of these so-called allies are not allies. I put up a meme on my wall and, you know, basically it was talking about white people, right? And how they get to be individuals and get angry when you group them together or or talk about talk about them as a collective. They enjoy the privilege of being seen as individuals, and many of them get upset when you call them white. They now see that as a pejorative, right? You know, like you're cussing at them. (laughs) But we're not extended any type of grace or mercy. And, you know, I'm seeing that, especially after what happened in South Carolina. So, you know, I've kind of broken up with MSNBC. I haven't been watching it. I didn't watch any of the returns for South Carolina. Just couldn't bring myself to do it. I knew that I would see what I needed to see on Twitter and Facebook. And so you have some of these Bernie Sanders followers, uh, acolytes, you know, sycophants. There are a number of, you know, adjectives I can use. Fans, followers, adorers. And so many of these white Bernie Sanders supporters are angry and being openly hostile to black people, especially the black people in South Carolina, because they handed Biden the win. And so what I find interesting, because, you know, I shared some of that on my wall. 
I put it on my wall. I put it on the Black Free Thinkers page and the People of Color Beyond Faith page. And if you all get a chance, go out there and like or follow the People of Color Beyond Faith or the Black Free Thinkers page. Um, you can also follow me. I have the following following thing set for my page. And again, I don't make private posts. My posts primarily are open to the public. So, you know, if you're friending me to see if you missed anything that I posted privately, I'm telling you now, you haven't missed anything because, you know, that's not what I do. So anyway, you have these Bernie supporters that are outright, you know, being vicious and attacking black voters in South Carolina. And see, and that's the interesting thing. You know, I see white people doing this all the time, especially when you see them attacking, like, the black feminists, see them attacking the black Christians, in some cases attacking black atheists and, you know, and black voters, the black community, all of these things. And it's not just relegated to, you know, the white people attacking these different groups. You got some black folks out here doing the very same damn thing. Again, perpetuating white supremacy or white pathology. And I don't even think you're giving it a second thought, not realizing how you are complicit. I need you to think. I need you to ask yourself some questions. So anyway, you know, we see you. I see you. You know, you want to blame black and brown people because things ain't going your way. And we're an easy target. We're a constant target. It's like a fucking given. You're trying your damnedest to take your take our vote away from us or make it impossible to stay on the voting rolls. I posted an article yesterday talking about a majority black city <laughs> that can't black can't can't um elect any black politicians the way that they have it set up. That is happening all across America. Look at the mayor up in Flint, Michigan. They stripped her of all of her power. I put up an article about a man who was denied his right to vote because he owed $4. Cuatro. Four. She. Four wasn't happening. And I understand why some people are refusing to vote. Because I've made myself clear, never Biden, never Buttigieg, never Bloomberg, never Koblachar, never Gabbard, Tom Steyer dropped out. You know, Bernie Sanders was my second choice with caution. I've always stated that. But it's getting very hard to, um, it's getting very hard to try to look beyond certain factors. But that's just me. You know, and so, you know, I just find it interesting when white people get angry with us when we won't vote for your favorite racist, white man or woman. 
And let's just make it clear, my stance is all white people are racist, period. And that's not subject to debate. You know, and if you go back and you look at some of your famous writers, some of your famous white writers and directors, they love to cast black people in certain roles as the oracle or the prophet or the prophetess or the mammy, or the, you know, (laughs) bigger van savior, or your typical magical Negro. And when we cannot perform that in real life, they get upset and try to punish us for not performing to their standards and for not laying down our lives for them. Because, see, the thing is, is that this country has let black and brown people down, especially black people. The promises have not been fulfilled. And there is no savior out there to save us. And I'm not necessarily trying to be negative Nancy or anything like that, but it's the truth. Black people, in general, we have no friends. And so this is why, you know, sometimes I talk about these white folks. And, you know, I talk about how they want to use, they just want to use us and exploit us, you know, and then they turn around and they want to say stupid shit like, oh, well, black and brown people, you just want free stuff, you know, like the entitlement programs and things that are out there. And many of them would love to see that go away, you know, and this has been happening for a while. There are some white people out there that would rather die than than, than want to have, you know, equal access to health care or equal access to any of the social safety net programs out there because they don't want to support no immigrants or welfare queens, as, you know, this one man stated as he was dying from cancer. He would rather die than give access to black and brown people to the social safety net. And many of them are failing to look at the numbers because the majority of the people benefiting from the social safety net or entitlement programs are white people. And some of them don't know the difference. They hate Obamacare, but they love the Affordable Care Act. They hate food stamps, but don't touch their link or their disability. And what's interesting is they want to tell us that, you know, we just want free stuff. We want everything given to us that, you know, we're lazy. And it's funny how we became lazy after we refused to work for free. Now, mind you, you have a lot of, you know, poor white people saying that, but I'm primarily targeting the very wealthy white people saying these things to black and brown folks. While you use us, work us to death, exploit us, and steal our wages and salaries. Still our investment money, 
steal our property. Black and brown people lost 70% of their wealth during the mortgage bust. I need that to kind of marinate a little while. Because you've been getting free stuff from us since the very beginning, since, since you brought us over here when the first slave ship called Jesus made it to Virginia. But we want free shit. You don't become a billionaire and trillionaire without stealing from everybody else, without exploiting everyone else, without harming, hurting, and killing other people. You know, an example, Jeff Bezos with Amazon. There are people dropping dead in the warehouse because they're being overworked. They have phones, and the phones track them, and you have so many minutes to fill an order. Even if you're running all the way across the warehouse to try to pick these things up, they they have time limits on it. You know, and that's just not the Amazon warehouse. You know, there are people that I know that did the same type of work that I did, consulting, right? On a plane, you know, Sunday, going to wherever, and on the plane coming home Thursday night or Friday morning. And still working over the weekend. You know, what was interesting with the job that I retired from, I had a crew over in India. And I had a small crew in China, but my my other crew was in India. Now, when it's midnight here, it's noon there. And so I would have them pinging me or, you know, sending instant messages, you know, at midnight. And so basically it had turned into a 24-7 job. And it was killing me. And had I succumbed to my illnesses and dropped dead, I don't even think they would have sent flowers. I'm going to be honest with you. Because they don't care. But yeah, pay attention to some of these white folks who are supporting Bernie Sanders and how they're reacting to the black people who voted for Biden. There's a big difference between South Carolina and Iowa and New Hampshire. Now you're mad. Now you're calling us every name in the book and then telling us that Sanders is the savior that we've been waiting for. Ain't that some shit? the fuck do I know? I'm just sitting back and I'm looking at the carcassity. You know, because I'm sitting here and I'm like, who in the fuck do you think you are? You know, you already want to take our vote away. Then you want to tell us who to vote for. You know, but that's what the electoral college here is for. So anyway, Oh, Lord, how did I veer off? Veer off, veer off, veer off. So, yes, there's just so much to talk about. You know, um, there are a lot of white people in this country that do not understand what's happening. 
And a lot of that is because they do not understand the, the, the true history of this country. They don't understand the history that they're living. They don't fully understand that, that you know, this crafted reality that we're living in. And again, this has been crafted. This is deliberate. So, you know, I used to quote song lyrics, you know, you know, and I had a lyric up here from Mesa Leak in Incognito, and it says, I saw the signs, I'd read the book, I should have had a second look, but boy, you caught me dreaming, right? And so, you know, I'm looking at that, and 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 this is, to me, you know, this is what's happening to all of us, but especially white people. This is what they did, and now they're upset and angry because they are now just now starting to realize that it wasn't a fucking dream but a damn nightmare that they concocted for others, but it somehow affected them as well. It always does, but that's because you don't know history, and you don't understand the history that you're living. And you don't understand, not only do you not know, you do not understand a little bit that you do know. I've had so many white people say, I didn't know that happened, or that's not true. And I'm like, yes, it did. Yes, it did happen. Look it up. And they look up, look it up, and they're taken aback. Well, we didn't know anything about this. We weren't taught this in school. But yet you want to argue with me about these things. You want to reinterpret the history because my simple mind is is not fully grasping it. I'm not comprehending it properly, as you all tend to white-splain to black and brown people. And so, you know, you have these white people for many generations that have been out here digging ditches for black people. And not realizing that while you're digging one ditch, another ditch is being dug right next to it, unbeknownst to you. But, well, boy, was it a surprise when your ass fell into that second ditch. You know, because while you're sitting back and you're dreaming and... and, and living in some type of reverie, right? And and you know, just basking and happy that you've set a trap for us. Only for you to get caught in the same trap. And you had absolutely no clue on how to climb out of that trap. It 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 was never designed to have an escape hatch or ladder or any way to climb out or elevate yourself out of it. So you learn to survive. Or at least black and brown people learn to survive. You know, what's coming up is not pretty. I mean, what's happening now is not pretty. And I've been telling you guys for a long time, Save your money. Put some money to the side. And I know that's hard. And I know shit happens. 
And there's no shame in that. If you had to use some of that money, you had to use it. But don't get discouraged and just stop putting money away. It's okay. But try to put a little bit away here and there because it's not about to get any easier, you know. And so, again, you've had some white people that were drop-kicked into the seventh circle of hell with black and brown people. And it ain't over. The chatter tater tot ain't done kicking your asses down there. There's a whole bunch more of you that's on your way. And so now you find yourself in the seventh circle of hell and you don't know what to do. And, and you know, some of us, some of the black and brown folks, some of the black people, we don't learn. So now we're not letting you stand on our back or our shoulders to help you get out with your false promises of helping us out. Allies are all lies. And so, yeah, I know I keep mentioning the seventh circle of hell, and I know some people are like, what the fuck is she talking about? What is the seventh circle of hell? You know, if you ever read Dante's Inferno, which was mandatory when I was in high school, I had to read that in the Iliad. I still don't understand that damn Iliad, right? And I haven't gone back to figure it out. But in the seventh circle of hell... It's talking about violence, right? And so, in the you know, in the seventh circle is divided into three rings. You have an outer ring, you have a middle ring, and you have an inner ring, right? And I'm not going to get into all of that, but basically, you know, um, there are some people that read scripture into all of this, and there's a big history in that. But you know, there are many different forms of violence taking place, you know, but you know what we're seeing now, black and brown children being shot in the street like nobody else, kidnapping people's children. Look, they were kidnapping children from black people. They were kidnapping children from the Indian reservations, you know, putting them in these special schools or re-education camps, as I like to call it. Of course, that's not what they called it. You know, and, and, you know, tearing these, you know, babies away from the black and brown immigrants out there. You know, I talk about brown people and, and you know, I had someone on my wall and they were talking about immigrants. And he said, you know, brown people, as you call them. And there's a reason why I do not refer to brown people as immigrants, because there are black immigrants that are being, you know, deported, hurt and harmed. But that narrative is being lost. You know, go and look up about look up about how some of the Cameroonians are being treated in Mexico and the riots and the fights that broke out about the Haitians that are being, you know, sent back, about, you know, people from different countries in Africa being sent back, being put on a banned list, right? So it's not just brown people being affected by these fucked up ass immigration laws and, and 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 just what's happening in this country. And also, um, I want you guys to be on the lookout for basically some of the laws on the book. And I didn't pull that link up. I wish I would. I, I'm just talking off the top of my head now because basically people – there are some people in this country, you know, you're born in this country, so you're a citizen. 
you know, with the Cheddar Tater Tot and Stephen Miller, they are trying to find ways to kick a lot of those people out of this country. And I need black people to to pay a special, you know, especially attention to this because, you know, I'm sitting back and I would not be surprised if they try to do that to black people in this country. I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, but I'm just saying need you to be diligent and pay attention and see what's happening. Because when the Cheddar Tater Tot talks about illegal votes, he's primarily pointing at black and brown folks and even indigenous folks. And to a certain degree, you know, Asian people. Look at what's happening now with this coronavirus shit. You know, and all of the, you know, the discrimination and the racism that's being hurled at Asian people or Pan-Asian people. It's horrible. There is never an excuse for racism. Ever. And so, you know, there, like I said, there are a lot of different types of violence out there. And I'm not out here trying to explain Dante's Inferno to anyone. But, you know, go and look it up. You know, the seventh circle of hell and, and you know, the talks about boiling blood. It talks about, you know, people being turned into trees. I'm looking at that like strange fruit people hanging from trees. And so, you know, I, I post stuff about that sometimes. So, you know, I just want to kind of stimulate your thinking so you can see what's happening. You know, what's and, and what's interesting is white people never thought that they would be in the same situation that they created for black, brown, red, and yellow people in this country. And now it's happening. Now, personally, you know, I'm sitting back and I'm watching and I'm finding it somewhat amusing and entertaining watching these white these white millionaires and multimillionaires just looking at the absolute shock on their faces when they find out that they are the new breed of white trash. And ain't no turning around. Oh, no, no, no. That's not happening. Being a white millionaire and a multimillionaire don't mean shit anymore. Because you have your billionaire and trillionaire classes, and now you've allowed them to buy <laughs> your your political parties and 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 to basically tear down and rebuild a new platform, and now you have these white millionaires and multimillionaires that are politicians that can't afford to run for office anymore until they bow down and kiss the ring. Of the, kiss the rings of these millionaires, I'm sorry, these billionaires and trillionaires. And that is being done on purpose. You did this shit to yourself. You did it to yourself. And now you're sitting over there and you're in shock because you're the new white trash. And it's so interesting because there are some white people out there that aren't millionaires of any sort that are upset because 
wealthy white people look down on them. Well, take solace in knowing that these millionaires and multimillionaires that are looking down on you are now are now being looked down upon. And they can't even buy their way out of the seventh circle of hell. Your money means jack shit. But as I've stated before in the past, money in and of itself is just a social construct. It has power because we allow it to have power. And so, uh, you know, um, and, and just looking at what's happening in this country, especially, you know, the Democrats and how they're so desperate to get the cheddar tater tot out of office that, you know, they're willing to bow down to anyone who will make that happen. Bloomberg stated that Bezos encouraged him to run. I need you to think about that. I need you to think about who Bezos is and Zuckerberg and Gates and et cetera, et cetera, all of them folks, and what benefit they get from having their puppets out there. You know, these are the master puppeteers. I just need for you to pay attention to what's happening and what's going on around you because it does have a direct impact on you and your lives. And so this is not the first time this country has seen this type of conflict. If you go back to 1850, I believe it was 1850, 1851, but there was a rebellion then, and the people rose up to basically... To basically rally against, you know, the wealthy who had come to power and and basically was treating everybody else like shit. So, I mean, that's what's happening now. And they're doing everything they can to quell this rebellion, you know, to do as, as much as they can. To make it stop, you know, there are articles out there. I want you to go and do some research, and it's, it's it's about billionaires being worried about the people rising up, and basically, you know, showing up with their torches and their pitchforks, because that's where we are. It's not an if; it's a when. And going back to, you know, what's happening with the Cheddar Tater Tot, the Cheddar Tater Tot and his people, they have their armies out here. These white nationalists, white supremacists, alt-righters, whatever the fuck, white Christian nationalists, whatever the hell you want to call yourself, and they are willing to die, some of them, for him. And for their cause, this global white supremacy is not just happening in this country. And for years, I've been trying to call your attention to that. And I find it interesting because when I was calling it out in the secular community, they would get angry with me. 
And so what's so funny is that some of the white atheists that absolutely hate me and, you know, hi, sweetheart, I love you too, um, some of them actually agree with what I said. They just didn't want me to be the one who said it because I can't be bought. I can't be manipulated. I've been exploited. I'll acknowledge that. Which is why I'm super, you know, cautious about things. And I've been exploited by black people as well in the secular community. And so also, I'm not part of their circle, so they don't have any dirt on me. Anything you want to put out there, that's fine. But the reason why some of you haven't is number one, you know, you'll be out of your fucking lane. Because I've been calling you racist the whole time. Don't make me sit here and, and, and type up a damn manifesto telling you how racist you are and calling you out by name. But they also know I will turn around and sue the fuck out of them, too. Because I'm not going to allow you to do that to me. And so, you know, I'm just sitting back and I'm looking at this. And I see these white Democrats, these white progressives, these white Republicans, you know, wearing the cloth of democracy or the cloth or the clothing or the uniform of being a Democrat or blue dog Democrat or, you know, a moderate Democrat, which is nothing but Republican light, right? So you're wearing that uniform, you're wearing that badge, you know, you're out here and you're proudly saying, I'm a moderate Democrat, I'm a progressive. And you give absolutely no damn. I put a meme up, and it was talking about white people who tell black, brown, red, yellow people, oh, well, you know, why don't we meet in the middle ground? You know, we should find some solutions that's in the middle ground. And there is no such fucking thing as a middle ground because all of the, all of the space, all of the ground in between racism and racial justice, is racism. And I posted the meme, um, it's Ethan Gorsky, right? And, you know, that was just really profound, but it's true. And so they used that middle ground to go and to espouse anti-racist views, but not doing anything because they need the system to continue to work and benefit them. It was created by them, and they benefit from it. They will give you lip service. And espouse, they know fucking better. They'll espouse all of these things, but there is no action behind it. And that is what I'm seeing in a number of these white communities that I absolutely refuse to support, these mainstream groups. And so this is what I'm talking about when I talk about white people trying to get their regular white people status back. So you have Buttigieg out there, you know, LGBTQ. And you have folks out here saying that the LGBTQ is not necessarily supporting him. You've lost your fucking minds. Who do you think a lot of that money is coming from? They want their regular white people status back. Marriage equality, all of that. That is about contracts. It's about money. I need you to understand that. But it's also about them being able to go and see their spouse in the hospital and be able to, being able to make end-of-life decisions, all of that. I'm not taking any of that away. 
But it all boils down to contracts, money, land, property, all of that, right? You have these white secular folks, atheists, humanists, free thinkers, dot, 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 right? They want their regular white people's status back, which is why they're trying to normalize atheism. Same thing with white feminists who betrayed the black suffragists, right? And they want their regular white person status to be able to stand and to live without having to go through a white man to get certain things done, while at the same time still standing close enough to the white man, being in proximity to being able to benefit from whiteness and white privilege. You know, even with the disability, you know, community, even with the, you know, the the environmental justice community, you know, these social justice, you know, communities that, you know, many of them came over and co-opted these movements. And what's happening is now you're lost and been turned out and you're trying to figure out how to get it back, how to get your regular white people status back. And then you're trying to fool the black and brown people saying, oh, well, let's work together. You've done that to us so many times. And, you know, there are quite a few black people that have learned their lessons. Some of them, not so much. But it's okay, you know, because enough of us know better. And so it's interesting because, you know, when we refuse to, to participate and to be their cheerleaders or to allow them to use us, you know, as a shield and under the guise of being inclusive and, you know, under the guise of diversity, then they get angry and upset. But there are some that willingly walk into that. I said, you know, I put up a meme, and I've said this in the past before, but I put the meme up, and I said, I do not trust any black person who wants to be and enjoys being the only black person in the room. You need to think about that. You know, and so what's interesting is, you know, they're so busy trying to get their regular white person status back. You know, they're looking at us and getting angry because we're still smiling, we're still laughing, we're still finding joy, we're still finding happiness and love in spite of the evil that's being bestowed upon us, right? And they're out there digging more ditches, you know, the great ditch diggers that they are. You know, and, you know, we're smiling, we're smiling and we're happy because we know that your day is coming. And that day is now. And it's happening. Because the cheddar tater tot 
is, you know, a direct mirror image of way too many of you out there. The difference between you and him is that he doesn't play into that respectability politics. He doesn't play into that, you know, civility and politeness and all of that shit. He just says what he says and does what he does and gives you the middle finger and tells you to fucking spin. He ain't got time for that shit. Right? And so, you know, now you're seeing, beginning to see, you know, how the white Christian nationalists are organizing different things while having their black tokens. And when I say black tokens, I'm primarily talking about Daryl Scott and, and people like that who these ministers that are directly benefiting from the cheddar tater tot. You know, now the people that they're recruiting and sending out there and and trying to find a way to feed their families, look, I have criticisms, but I'm going to reserve that because, again, it's not as though any of us are lining up and volunteering to give these people money to help pay their bills and to feed their children or to feed themselves. And while I may not agree with it, that is their life, and that's their choice to make. And so I'm going to leave it right there. But, you know, again, you know, look at the people who created these conditions and people that benefit from the conditions that they created. And now it's sucking the very life out of, this, out of these very same people. So I'm not sorry. I don't feel sorry for nobody. No, none of that. You did it to yourself. You know, but again, black black and brown people, red, yellow, don't be fooled because we ain't coming out of this shit unscathed. We're going to lose a lot of people. We're going to lose a lot of shit. A lot of people are going to be hurt and harmed because, see, look, they have out-organized us. They have outgunned us. They have outtrained us. And as I've stated before, especially in these inner cities or these urban areas, which is coded for black and brown, they have you surrounded. These suburbs surround you for a reason. And now they're coming back into the cities and gentrifying the, you know, the cities, which is violence. And basically deporting you out of a neighborhood that you've lived in, that your family has lived in for two, three, four generations. While creating economic situations in which you were not, some of you were not able to keep, keep your house up. The upkeep, the maintenance, the repairs, those things. And in some cases, you know, the property was left to children and then grandchildren and and. We are where we are, you know, and, and, and I have to be careful. So um, some of you out there know good and damn well what you're doing. 
and you don't give a fuck about anyone else. You're just a self-serving opportunist who only cares about yourself. And in many cases, they're surrounding by uh, they're surrounded by other people, and don't let those people around them fool you. They try to feign ignorance, but trust and believe they have been warned and educated by people like me about some of the people that they surround or attach themselves to. But yet, some of them still choose to walk amongst the tokens. Because it came as a surprise to us when we realized that you were one of the tokens, too. Funny how that works. You know, you got some black people out here who are very good at performative blackness. Very well practiced. And I'm telling you right now, do not give them a pass. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly who they're dealing with. They know exactly what they're doing, and they are complicit. So, yeah, don't be fooled by the spook who's sitting by the door. Bad, bad actors. Bad, bad actors, right? (sighs) They work hard to pull the wool over your eyes. And I also want you to know that these spooks come in a variety of colors, nationalities, genders, and missions. What I want you to think about is, have you ever noticed that it's always the same people in the middle of the hell that breaks loose? Just think about it. So, yeah... Yeah, and what's, you know, what I find so funny is you'll have them, these white people, looking at black and brown folks and asking, can you help us, and where do we go from here? And, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it ain't getting no better anytime soon. And when we tell you that, they get angry. And so with hatred in their eyes and venom dripping from their lips, you know, they say to us, how could this happen to us? Why the hell are you people so happy? And we're sitting back and we're looking at you like you've lost your damn mind because the same shit happened to us and it was worse. But you don't give a damn about that, though. You just don't understand how it happened to you. And then you want to ask us to help you and you promise to turn around and help us and it never happens. And it never will happen. You cannot believe them. You cannot trust the words that come out of most of these people's mouths. You know, and and then after they achieve whatever, especially if we help them, all they're going to do is turn around and say, figure it out for yourselves. We have ours. Good luck with that. And you refuse to acknowledge that you made these achievements because you used us to help you reach your goal. And you absolutely resent the fact that we have the wisdom to figure these things out. And and not only that, we are now being emboldened to say no and not let you use us and not let you just totally co-op and appropriate our shit. I mean, you still do it. 
but you're getting more resistance now, right? And when everything is going straight to hell, all hell is breaking loose, then you want to bring us in and demand that we fix it. Now you need, you know, now you need to fixate on your tokens, your mammies, your sambos, your mules, your slaves, your whipping posts, your magical Negroes that have always been dependable. And so it's just, it's horrible and it's reckless. And so, you know, I'm going to wrap this up. You know, Raina, yes, Raina, suggests these shows, and I turn around and I watch them, but it was one series, you know, Hunters. And they were hunting, you know, Nazis in America and all of that. And, you know, what I want to say to you is that that's, that's true. You know, after World War II, some of the Nazi, you know, German scientists and, and educators and what have you were brought to America and, and, and also given asylum throughout the world in different places. That truly happened. You know, I'm not saying all of the circumstances in that show happened because, you know, it's, it's, it's an adaptation, right? But that adaptation was based on real facts things that have happened. And so, you know, in one scene, um, I think it was episode in the belly of the whale, because I wrote it down. Here it is. And and again, the series is called Hunters. And basically, you know, one of the, you know, Nazi assassins was at a laundromat. And basically, he tells the black woman who was doing laundry, you know, next to him is when you don't separate the whites from the colors, the colors always bleed. And this is what many of them think. This is, you know, how many of them operate. You know, they want to claim repentance, but yet they still practice things that hurt and harm marginalized people. And so that's why when I see white people fighting to get their regular white people status back, I just sit back and I watch, I take notes, I observe. And once they see they have your attention, then they want to recruit you into their fuckery. Because, you know, some of the, you know, some of the techniques that they use, utilize, very racist in nature. And, of course, they don't see it because they get to define what racism is. They get to tell you, oh, that's not racist, blah, blah, blah. They don't have a racist bone in their body. And see, you know, and I posted something on my wall about this, about how when you allow people to define racism to individual actions, individual people in atrocities, that is why we have a really hard time explaining racism to white folks. And when you start talking about structural racism, they deny it and they'll say, well, that didn't happen to me. Of course it didn't fucking happen to you. 
but you're also one of the ones in the background making jokes about it being an EEO hire or affirmative action. You know, things that you talk about when we leave a room. And sometimes when you're surprised by a coworker that you thought was white when they told when they tell you that they're black. Whole right whole relationship changes at that point. So anyway, this is just some of the shit that's on my mind. You know, um Yeah, man. It's just a lot happening. So, you know, I think I'm going to shut it down and get on and make myself a sandwich and get out here. But, you know, I just want to tell you guys to stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. And I wanted to thank the people that sent me some donations. We had a couple of donations come in. And if those of you that want to send a donation, you can go to paypal.me slash blackfreethinkers, one word, or cash out dollar sign blackfreethinkers, or Venmo at blackfreethinkers, right? Everything is blackfreethinkers. So if you want to send some donations in, there's some things that I want to do. And again, we're going to launch another podcast this year. Um, it's going to be a little different, but along similar lines, but a little different. And again, also, I haven't put my documentary on a back burner. I'm still doing some research. And so when I'm in a hospital this week, that's what I'm going to be doing primarily is more research on my particular subject matter and, and writing a list of people that I want to interview and you know, start again trying to put all of that together. I'm still pissed off at Canon because they haven't released the, you know, the 4K camera that I want. So I'm still waiting and waiting and waiting. But again, this costs money. The software costs money. The new equipment, like the new computer that I want, you know, even though, you know, it'll be a, um, a professional camera, you know, also I'll be getting another recorder to go with it because sometimes, you know, the audio can be off. So I want to be safe, you know, and make sure that we have that, make sure we have the good mics and, you know, and also have, um, you know, the stands and things that we need to do this. And so, again, this is a labor of love. I get that. But if you want to send a donation in, I'm not, you know, turning down donations. But, again, it is just that, a donation. And if you send a donation in, I'm going to use it on these things you do not get to dictate my narratives or the story that I tell or how I tell it. So if you're going to make a donation and there are stipulations, you know, with it, keep your money. I don't want it because that's not how I operate. You should know better by now. So anyway, Hashtag vote for the worst 2024. Go Kanye. You know, I want you guys to go out here and be best. Make this a nice superlative year. You know, sit back and watch what's happening. This great cacistocracy that's taking place in this country. You know, and so, you know, keep on keeping on. Be encouraged. Do what you have to do for you, but I want you to look at these things, you know, with with a critical lens to better understand what's happening around you. 
So again, there's no show next Sunday, but I'm pretty sure I'll be feeling better by that next Sunday. But um, yeah, so, you know, we'll be doing a heart surgery, you know, no pacemaker, but still we have to do some things. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. You know, I usually get nervous with these operations, but this time I'm actually a little scared because you know, some of the symptoms and things have gotten worse, especially in the last three weeks. So, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, doing everything in my power not to get angry or upset and having everything in order so that I can go on and do that and get it done and figure out what the hell is going on. So we're doing all of that fun stuff there. So anyway, this is Kim with Black Free Thinkers. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. Again, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. We are black free thinkers, but we are not the Kanye or Candace Owens kind. And, you know, I haven't had a chance to check out that new black news channel that is partially owned by J.C. Watts. Um, I'm going to look it up to see if we have it here, if I can find it online or what have you. So I think it should be interesting, especially with some of the people that he signed on to help to anchor and, and, and you know, be pundits or what have you. You know, he has some really interesting people, and, you know, they're conservatives, black conservatives, but it's a mix of people that you you know, that have invested in that. So I just want to take a look and, and see what's happening and what they're talking about. So we'll see how that goes. So anyway, you all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those that have been listening to the show. I thank the new people that are listening to the show. I need to go ahead and sign us up with this one other um, hosting service, which will then kick it over to Spotify. So that we can get on Spotify. I've been meaning to do this for a while. I just never took the time out to really get it set up. But, you know, trying to get the health things in order and get everything situated. So we're going to do that. And maybe when I'm in a hospital bed and I can't go anywhere and the nurses, you know, they confiscate my contraband, which is my salt, pepper, garlic powder. They're going to come and probably take it away. I won't have anything else to do but to work on these things. So anyway, guys, you know, I love you. I care about you. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out and let me know. All right, take it easy. Enjoy the rest of your day. Again, this is Black Free Thinkers, and we're here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. And I'm Kim. Good night. <laughs>